So, so, so I turned to the brothel construction site planner and said, look, if you build it... I see where you're I'm going not, with I'm this. I'm not even going to finish that one. I'm not even going to finish it. But they what will. a way to start. <laughs> Imagine this was someone's first episode and it opened with that. Good God. Yeah. Good God. Well, welcome yeah. aboard if this is your first episode. You join us 200 odd in in the midst of a global pandemic when sod all is happening. Hence the runtime. If you look carefully, the runtime of this episode is 10 minutes and 15 seconds. <laughs> yep. So we're going to try our we, best to stretch all that material out. In which we talked about everything that happened this week. Um, I tried on a new hat. And that's it for the news. Yeah, that's about it. I... Welcome one and all. <laughs> I burned I, lots of I wood captain. in the garden. Did you? Oh, is that yeah. how you get rid of the trees? Yeah. Did you at least use it to power a small steam engine? No, we used it to toast marshmallows. Oh, you made s'mores. Yes. No, we didn't make s'mores. We toasted marshmallows. We cannot make s'mores, for we do not have graham crackers. Ah. Uh, you have I, graham. I have, you- I have graham in the basement. What, you mean Graham? You mean Graham in the basement? Um, Graham cookers. Apparently, speaking to some American expats over over time, I believe um, digestives are probably the best substitute for graham crackers if you're making s'mores. I have spent sizable amounts of time in America uh, in, in chunks over the years, and I can tell you this, no amount of their food would ever make me want to replace it with British food. I'd just start with the British food. American listeners, we love you, but why does your milk taste of sugar? Everything tastes of sugar in America. It's so weird. Someone asked me on stream this week, would you ever move to America? And I went, no. And they went, why is that? And I said, it was not necessarily missing family or friends because we live in a technological world where we can be in touch all the time. It's, and, and you know, hugging will be outlawed by the end of this year. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's more the fact that, like, I wouldn't be able to have the tea because I've had a cup of tea in America and it doesn't taste like a cup of tea. <laughs> the water's water, sure. Water's always different where you're drinking it based on, like, the consistency and all that stuff and how it's, you know, how it's tampered with. Um, does it lather? Uh, and the tea bags, <laughs> the tea bags are the same tea bags as your PGs and your twinings <laughs> and all that. But the milk just. Everything's just wrong, just slightly wrong. Some- I want some milk and cookies before bed, Mom. So basically you want to fill yourself with cement. Yes. All right, you do that, son. Sugary, sugary cement. Good God. That being said, uh, the hot dogs <sighs> are vastly superior. I love a hot dog of any stripe. Mm. American ones are bloody lovely. Uh, speaking of things that are bloody lovely. Yes. Uh, you lot. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the Big Damn Cast. Uh, my Welcome. name is Christopher... I might consider the move after Trump's gone, Johnson. And my name is, nope, too many guns, Matt Watson. <laughs> too many guns. Too many guns. Um, first, I have a trivia question for you. What's that? What's this? Uh, uh, I, what, I can't see what it is. I'm holding an item to camera for Matt bring, to look at. I'm going to bring the, the, the phone closer to me. That is a, a tiny plastic thing. But yep. I can't tell what tiny plastic thing it is. 
So do you remember, do you remember model kits you used to have like grey frame plastic and all the individual bits if it was your helicopter, your plane, your tank, whatever. Oh, whatever. yeah. So bits oh, that you twisted a, to pull them off. It's a bit of sprue. It, this is, yeah, it's a middle part for one of those buggers. Ah. Um, specifically from a Lego kit. I, I cracked ah. open a Lego kit I bought on sale about a year ago today. Um, Aragog's Lair. Harry Potter Le- uh, Lego kit. Oh, yeah, and the this, perfect gift for you. The yeah, perfect gift, the perfect gift for arachnophobic Christopher Johnson. And the worst, the worst part is that I it's their eyes I hate, and part of the build of this was building its 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 eyes and carapace and mandibles, and I was just sat there like, <laughs> "Yep, yeah, I chose to do this." Um, but it's mandibles. Uh, this little bit of plastic was what the wands were attached to because, dear Matthew, yeah, uh, the Harry Potter Lego has upgraded. The wands used to just be the you know the sort of the long brown cylindrical like little tube pieces that you normally have as connectors or things that you'd attach to stuff. Uh, like the, yeah, lights, like um, the lightsaber pieces, but just brown. Yeah, woodcocks. Yeah. Good old, good old, good old bit of cock. Um, <laughs> get the wood, receive a cock. Um, they've changed them. They're now, this is the thing that's holding them together, but they're now these little wand-shaped pieces with a little round tip that when you click it into a Lego finger's sort of claw hand, it fastens it in place and it, it gives a new posability. You can just move the wand around and position it however you want. So they can be holding it like up like they're doing a spell or pointing it forward. I was like, that is amazing. And it's incredible how Lego have managed to innovate the Harry Potter brand in such a way that hasn't diminished or damaged it at all. <laughs> Meaning that they are better at Harry Pottering than J.K. Rowling has been for about the last 10 years. Lego. I think that's remarkable. Lego are better <laughs> stewards of Harry Potter than J.K. Rowling. It's official. It's official. It's, it's they, official in a way. They care more about the law. That is true. And they, you look, can... they, look, they care about the law, and you can bet your bottom dollar that Lego also believe that trans individuals exist. Yes. So, you know. Yes. Well, I mean, you could use a mix of gendered pieces quite easily. No one could stop exactly. you. You could Lego. even you could even canonically build Dumbledore's sex dungeon and have him be gay. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Could you please name your first EP Dumbledore's <laughs> sex dungeon? Dumbledore's sex because dungeon. Because I guarantee, no matter what genre of music you put out, and for that matter, no matter how good the tracks are, you could just literally stick some fart sound effects on there. If you call that album Dumbledore's Sex Dungeon, it will sell. <laughs> it will definitely sell. I'll buy. Th- I'll buy three. I'll. D- I'll buy three copies. And in this day and age, that's difficult because it means having to create three different Apple accounts. But hey! I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'll. I'll take ten of them. He says, creating ten new email accounts. <laughs> oh God! I will take several. What are we talking about this week, you um, bear, bear of love? Well, Dumbledore Sex Dungeon for a start. Uh... <laughs> Uh, well, we we had two premieres this week just gone um, with the UK debuts of the latest part of the latest series of Richard and Mortimer. Ricardo and, and Mordecai. <laughs> Rick, Ricardo and Montalban. Um, and also uh, the UK uh, premiere of... Harley Quinn, the the cartoon show, the cartoon TV series, Harley Quinn. Yes. 
<clears throat> further confirmation that the DC Universe app is dead in the water. Yes. Because outside of the States, they are pretty much giving all of its contents away to separate channels. Um, well, even in, even inside the States, because season two of Doom Patrol is going to HBO Max. Really? Yeah. It's wow. Still coming, it's, it's still coming to DC Universe, but I think it's going to HBO Max at the same time. That says it all. That means that they're preparing for the full HBO Max transition, which means that DC Universe was a pointless subscription service that they and, put out um, there knowing full well it was going to get canned at some point. Swamp Thing is being re-shown on the CW as well. Is it? Obviously, yeah. in a, I'm guessing in a post-10, 11 central time slot. I would, I would have thought so. To account for the gore... I've still not watched it. I should watch it. Makes sense because his first appearance on network television was during Crisis. Like, he's one of the worlds it briefly cuts to using some repurposed footage from Swamp Thing. Um, You know, as part of their big kind of, here's all the multiverses. You're seeing glimpses of them. Swamp Thing is one of them. Technically, Um, isn't all footage repurposed? My God. It's funny you should say that, because uh, a tiny, <laughs> tiny tangent before I forget, we watched both versions of Sharda this week. And by oh, yeah, watching... how did that go? Yeah, good. I, I have a fond memory of the 1992 Sharda, because it's not brilliant, but Tom's linking narration is wonderful. Sharda! It's Tom being Tom. It's electric. <laughs> what more do you what? want? <clears throat> what? Walking past monster costumes in the museum, and he just tips his head to the giant robot and goes, You cock. His scouse, his scouse slips out in that one sentence much more than it had in like 30 years for him. Um, it's so funny to think that when it was him and Liz Sladen, it was two scousers piloting the TARDIS, mm-hmm. and yet it was the most like upper-class RP-sounding TARDIS for years. Like, everyone sounded like this. Oh, Doctor, no! Like, they all sound like that. And yet, at the drop of a hat, they could both have easily been like, right, fucking hell. Put the randomizer on. Stick it on. Come on, let's go. Please, let's fucking please go. stick the randomizer on. His name's Sutech. So, <laughs> we're the playthings of Sutech. So, which is, which is the better version <laughs> of Shadar? Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, it's my first time watching it. It's really good, and mostly because th- there's some bad stuff. The animation is similar to the last few reconstructions. Um, which is fine until they start doing fancy CGI camera tricks. That being said, actually hearing Skagra talk about why he's doing his evil plan, like explaining it to Romana, mm. made me like this story way more than I ever have done before. Like it really yeah. made me love it more because in the the nineteen ninety two one, I've not read any disclaimer. I've not read the others, and I've not watched the 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 big finish slash BBC I production, but um. Having just watched the 1992 one before, to me, Skagra is just smarmy camp villain in big cape with floating ball that steals brains. He does have a big cape, doesn't he? He, do- he bloody does. Um, big cape and a disco suit. Yeah, and then when he steals the the like the the guys the guy driving the car and he steals his clothes to blend in more, he still like pops the collar in a way that makes him stand out <laughs> to the point where the doctor says like, um, "Was it? I, was it? I I I don't I." I uh, you should have a word with your tailor, whatever it is, before he buggers off on the bicycle running away. But um, but suddenly we actually get the scene of Skagra explaining to Romana why he wants to harness this power and spread his mind to everywhere else. And it's like a proper Thanos MCU level plan. And you're like, oh, now that I'm hearing the actor perform it, you know, 40 odd years later as a voice role for a cartoon, but now that I'm hearing him actually perform it, this is pretty... This is pretty heinous. This is pretty good. 
He's having a good time. Damn. Fair, fair. I came out the back of it going, do you know what? Sharder is pretty good. But it's taken 78 million versions for me to give a shit. I could have told you that. Well. I think I think the thing well. with Sharder is because they have... They have it, 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 it is overhyped. It's, mi- because it's of mystique. Of the mystique yeah. surrounding it, yeah. Um, but it's actually a, yeah, it's a pretty decent story. It's, not it's, bad. Just... it's better than Naimon as a season finale. <laughs> <laughs> how many shadows have you seen today? <laughs> well, like, how many? Three! <laughs> um, we finished, we finished Sharder yesterday. <laughs> we, rec- we recorded our video on it this afternoon, and then immediately after, like, we had tea, and I turned to Lou and I went, Ledger Hive? Yeah, all right. We ploughed through Ledger Hive tonight in one sitting. I love Ledger Hive. This was my first time. I love it. I hadn't seen it before. It, Have you not seen Ledger Hive before? I, it before? I love it. It's so good. It is so, so good. It's really good. Suddenly the show really good. from Sharda episode four, well, more Horns of Nine on episode four, to this, it's so visually different and distinct mm-hmm. in the way it's shot. Like, there's no multi-camera setups. There's a couple to get a few reaction shots. But it's all, like, single-cam setup. Like, the, the, when the... Yeah. Uh, what are the green things called? The reptilian things? Famasi. Famasi, that's it. There's a bit where it's, like, approaching the, 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 the Earth bloke, in scare quotes, and going to grab his face. And it cuts to POV shots. And it's like, they haven't done this since basically Spearhead from Space. This is really yeah. impressive. Yeah, yeah. Like, this looks so yeah. good. And I love Tom's season 18 outfit. I know it's a bit boring compared to some of his other looks, but I really like just when he rocks up in it, those stupidly long socks. And it's just like, oh, look at him. Look, this one's the one with the socks in it at the beginning when they're on the beach. Um, yep. And the theme song arrangement is beautiful. And the titles are painfully 80s. David Haig. Yes. David, is David Haig in it? Yeah. Yeah. Because we were watching it and Lucy was like, Lucy was like, it was that, it was that. And I was like, I'm not sure she was like, I recognise him. Hang on. And a minute later, she was like, I knew it! And she just turned her phone around. And uh, immediately, of course, we started reciting versions of like, hoity toity la da stick it up your ass, All that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was, it's, Leisure Hive's great. Um, Leisure Hive is great. But it's not the most fun we've had watching TV this week because Harley Quinn, the season premiere on E4, and we watched it on More 4. Uh, sorry, I just had to say before I forgot about the Leisure Hive and Sharda. I'm always down to talk about Leisure Hive. Uh, that's the one bit of Doctor Who you're not de- reluctantly down to talk about. I mean, there's a lot that I'm not reluctant about, but I just have to be reluctant. Otherwise, it'll just turn into a Doctor Who podcast, and quite frankly, I don't want to make that. Read you, cock. Um... <laughs> Gundan robot. Talk, talking, um, of, <laughs> mm, talking of um of like how to set a tone and stuff at the opening and that. The first line of Harley Quinn, like, uh, like greetings, fellow whites. I was just like, oh my god, I know exactly what this show wants to be from the first line. This is interesting. Um, minor spoilers, everybody, for the TV show Harley Quinn. Go watch it if you don't mind extreme violence and a lot of swearing. Go give it a go. I was, I knew it was going to be violent. I didn't quite know it was going to be that. I think violent. the swearing part was the thing I weirdly had a problem with. The violence, I was totally fine. Yeah, with. it's a bit. It's a bit season one Torchwood. Fuck the swearing. Fucking Torchwood. What's that? We're, we're, in a, a, we're a minute in. There we go. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. the first scene is just it's a bit, F-bomb every other word. We can swear now, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and I uh, knowing that it's uh, Kaylee... How do you say her name? Kuoko? Kukuo? Kelly Kuoko, I think. Uh, uh, Penny from Big Bang Theory. Um, that knowing one. that she's Harley and the exec producer makes me weirdly happy because it's like, wow, both people who are prominently playing Harley in projects right now are also the exec producers of the thing they're in because they yeah, clearly want yeah. it to be good and them come across as great. And now it's just like... Someone let Tara Strong like exec produce a Harley Quinn project sometime soon, please. Just so we can see what it becomes. Um, mm. But uh, you could tell that you could tell that with the swearing, maybe she and the rest of the team were a little bit too trigger happy on that one. Like it, it's there's too much swearing. So it says us it too. Says us too. It's yeah. yeah. Says us too. I think it's the torch. It is the torch with thing of it. If it trying to be very almost obnoxiously quote unquote adult out of the gate, yeah, just to make sure people know this is not for kids. I wouldn't surprise me if it tones down as it goes on. Yeah, I, I, I um, don't think. Again, we've not seen the whole season. Some of our American listeners might already have seen it if they've got the DC Universe app. In which case, maybe stop paying for the DC Universe app because HBO Go is just going to kidnap you at some point. But um. It seems to me that they're going to make sure Batman never does that. Like Batman, no, and I, and I, I think, don't think, I think that's would. why they've cast Deirdre Bader as well, like to give a bit of that brave and the bold flavor of like, no, this is untouchable, pure hammers of justice. Like Batman, everything else around him is in an adult show. Yeah, um, I can believe that. Which I'm, I'm down with. Uh, I think Harley's just little things about little things about it is the stuff that really drew me in. I like as weird as it sounds, like the body types harley's design she is a tiny lady and the, there's yeah. no sort of stylization to make everybody look a certain way harley is tiny ivy is taller you know like batman is stout jim gordon is stout with a bit of a paunch like they've, they've really kind oh. of experimented with the looks of the characters in a way that isn't just <laughs> just we're going to make this easy by having everyone share because even shows like the simpsons do that yeah it shows like the simpsons have it nearly every male character in that show is the same pear shape, their, their torso. Like, because it's just easy to draw for everyone mm. if they're all exactly the same. Like, these guys have different shapes and they move differently. And I really appreciate it. Just as a cartoon fan, I was like, oh, oh, that's nice. We love Batman the Animated Series. I think I'd say it's probably both our favourite interpretations of Batman if we had to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. But that, of course, has a very distinct style based on uh, Mike, Mag- Mike Mignola's designs for the show and Bruce Timm's, like, refining of those designs for the show. and All the women look the same. Yes, and it's the character and the writing and the voice acting that separates yeah. them. Um, whereas in this... It's Bruce Timm definitely has a type. He does. He, he, oh, God, he does. Um, and I don't, did you watch... Did you watch... Did you watch um, Batman Harley Quinn? Have you got around to watching that at any point? No, no, I haven't I saw seen 15 that. minutes of it and I had to stop. Because it's... It, it it's in it's in continuity of the DCAU, but it it's so oh, yeah. it's so desperately missing yeah. Alan Burnett's touch, Paul Dini's touch, like it's yeah, it's yeah. unfiltered Tim working with the current DC straight to video people, and it just is not. I mean, look what they did to the Killing Joke, just like no, don't want, don't want, um. This is more like it. If you want to tell a mature cartoon story with these characters, this is the way to go. It deals with toxic relationships really well. <laughs> like it, it's it it 
makes it clear from the off that yes, we get some entertainment from this as voyeurs to this story, but also yeah. this is bad and it should not be a thing. And to stand this, unquote, is a bad idea. I think there's also a nice irony in Poison Ivy being the one to recognize that it's a toxic relationship yes. and convince yes. her. Yes. Oh, God. Um, also, I'm down, bon- I'm down with it. Bonus points to the casting of JB Smoove as uh, Frank, the yes. houseplant. Good God. Yes. Um, yep. Cast-wise? It's a really good voice cast. It's yeah, really it's well a really, really good voice cast. Alan Tudyk standing out. It seems like they've cast him as one of the leads, but also to sort of be the Dan Castellanata, who's like, he's doing like every other voice in it. Because like... Alan Tudyk, he is incredibly versatile as a voice actor. He's so, so good. Like, he's Calendar Man as well. He's be- very funny as Calendar Man in the few lines he gets. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. But his Joker is brilliant. It's, yeah, it's what it's a real it's good what Joker. this show needs. I like his look. It's a very that that David Ayer. That is how you do a modernized Joker look without it looking stupid. Yes, like you you update the suit a little. You make the haircut very specific. You don't make him young and shirtless. You keep him looking like he's in his forties, maybe fifties. You go for that like creepier but like smartly dressed gentleman mix. You do that, and it looks good because he is a creeper. Let us not forget. He's so creepy. He's not the creeper. No, no, no. He might show up yet. We don't That's know. That's different. <laughs> That's a different dude. Um, I've seen a lot of people aren't too keen on Riddler, but I don't mind because it just felt unique. It's like this is what this show's doing for his look. <laughs> I thought I thought he was great because he was just a troll. Yes. Yeah. Like he's just, and also keep in in keeping a little bit with with the but the um Gotham City Sirens kind of law. Like the Riddler's always been a supporting character of that story. Mm. So if you've got a show that's prominently fronted by, you know, a Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, you may as well introduce some of the supporting cast from from yeah, um Gotham sure. City Sirens. Uh, who else did we get? We got a bit of Killer Croc, uh, Jim Gordon. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> poor Jim. Poor, poor Jim. So, so he's good. So, he's just absolutely frazzled. Like, it longs for death. Like, death would be easier yeah. than dealing with his department. <laughs> and, that, and he's fine with that. Like, just fueled on nothing but coffee. Oh, God, that was such a nice, like, yes. Well done. He, uh, the head of that police department... Would be that stressed and that erratic. <laughs> it's, it's just little moments like him inviting Batman to a barbecue. Just for, just for a bit of normalcy, Batman's just <laughs> like, just... no. <laughs> no. It's like, oh. Okay. Well, I think he says, like, I think, did he say, like, not gonna happen? Or something like that. You're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's like, oh, oh. Poor Jim. He's in desperate need of some downtime and a friend. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and he thinks that the Batman um, friendship is a friendship, not a. Not a sort of mutual friendship over the destruction of crime in Gotham City. Uh, crime in Gotham. <laughs> um, I really... Uh, he fucks bats. <laughs> he does not fuck bats. <laughs> um, so good. The Joker's into, the Joker's into piss play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course he is. Because of course he is. Uh, all um, of his thugs look great. Like just the designs of everyone individually. Harley, Harley's look, both classic and New Fifty Two, look really good in this cartoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, all villains have Costco memberships, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God damn. 
it's uh yeah it's, it's good. i'm interested to see where this uh, goes it, yeah i'm really interested to see where it goes i'm not i don't absolutely love it but i think there's a lot of potential there like yeah. i say i think i think the um the attempts to be overtly adult are a little obnoxious yeah yeah but i'm hoping that's just it well the, this, putting this episode is sign out is from the listed gate. as pilot like they make a yeah. big point of being like this is yeah, pilot, yeah, yeah. not episode one so it's like okay all right, this is the basis of where the story starts, and from here we're going to go from here. So hopefully they will iron out the creases. Um, yeah, but I, I like, I, and again the violence doesn't bother me because like Gotham's villains aren't, you know, ray guns and 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 you know, uh, you know the sort of stuff that would be like pew pew Saturday morning cartoon. Like they are more yeah, violent, gnarly gangsters, isn't it? Yeah, they they wield deadly weapons, and they have henchmen who use their fists and blunt instruments to hurt people. But the way the cartoon plays it is the Looney Tunes logic of like, you know, I'm gonna hit you with a giant mallet. But of course, what actually would happen if someone hit you with a giant mallet? Oh yeah, this. Um, so they, yep. they that's, I think that's why I don't mind the violence in it. It's it, it's the mask. It's like the mask comic books. It's. A cartoon thing yeah. attacks a real. Human I don't mind the violence. It, it's the, the results. It's the sort of, it's a sort of OTT swearing. That I'm like, okay, this is just a little bit much. This is like a teenager who can swear, who's who's suddenly been allowed to swear. Well, it's the Torchwood thing. But I'm just well, hoping that's just speaking the start, of um, so. things that f- sort of think they're more adult than they actually are. <laughs> Rick and, yeah, Rick, Rick and Morty season fans? four continues um, down its its road. Of basically being a giant fuck you to the people who supported it in season three. It feels like this season, now that it's back, we're back after the hiatus. This season is basically turning around to everyone who it. went to get Szechuan sauce so and was much. a dick about it. And is going, yeah, you guys, yeah, we think you're stupid. And the show's about that now. <laughs> the show's about how stupid you are. Um, <laughs> I just... The, the, it's just, it was just such a genius concept. Uh, but, this episode, <laughs> the the idea of of the story device being a yeah, literal a story train device, where it's about maintaining the what was it the the continuity has to be maintained. The narrative device, like, is yeah, it's, is like a freaking object that they have to find. <laughs> <laughs> like the train is a story generator, and 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 playing with that and just. Oh god, it's so it's so good. And it's so It spends the whole episode revealing yeah. things like this is what it's about, but this is what it's about, but this is what it's about. Only at the very end to flip that on its head and be like, yeah, none of this episode nope. mattered. None of it mattered. We were just fucking around with you. Like none of it mattered. Because at one point they flash forward to a future and I was like, oh, is this like this thing they the seed they the seed they planted earlier and two you know two previous seasons. We'd seen like ideas grow, and then in hit this, you get a glimpse of it when the characters cut to a future moment in their lives. I was like, "Are they just gonna throw it away now?" Because, I mean, I'm all for them just telling what stories they want to tell because that's when they're at their best. But at the same time, that one was genuinely very interesting. I hope this isn't a throwaway. And it's like, nope, nope, not a throwaway at all because none of this episode matters. <laughs> so I kind of hope, I kind of hope it is a throwaway though, because some of the stuff maybe, like, 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 I, I, like, well, on... like Darth poopy butthole was a bit, <laughs> was a bit weird. <laughs> uh, sorry, I think you mean perfect. <laughs> um... <laughs> 
But I just, I, I kind of hope it does that because it's just so. It, it's, it is so irreverent, and that's what I think. I think the show is pushing back against people who take it too seriously. Yeah. yeah. And it's doing that by taking itself less seriously. Whilst also doing what and, Harmon and Royland do best, picking a subject and deciding to just kind of give their opinion on it in a way that says, look, hey, we don't have a problem with you if you like this sort of thing, but we think it's stupid. And this episode's victim was Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst at the same time, raising it up as like, a no, this solves the problem. It, no, no, it solves the problem. <laughs> Like Christianity, like begging to Jesus for forgiveness and oh, letting Jesus God. into your heart solve the problem. So we agree with you, Christianity. But at the same time, we're also saying that it worked because it was the greatest story of fiction ever told. And that's how it breaks the narrative like loop of the story. It's like, wait. <laughs> Literally saved by the return of Jesus Christ. Yes. It's just brilliant. Yes. <laughs> just brilliant. Um, And for once, the post credit scene was a complete, solid tie-in into it that basically revealed the entire what you've just watched like yep is what it was yeah okay um how many people do you think are gonna non-ironically start doing the whole gotta gotta consume morty gotta gotta consume gotta buy things go to a store go to a Um, real store oh god and then that really quick clearly added in like in the last couple weeks bit of production where the last line of it was something like oh god this pandemic (laughs) you're just like wait what (laughs) what (laughs) because <laughs> at the end it's revealed that they're stuck indoors because of the coronavirus it's like okay okay that clearly wasn't there when you That's started really writing is. this about a year ago or was it cue the conspiracy theories some big violence in this because they sort of do a mini sequel to Roy don't they <laughs> well, one of the characters in this story simulation is living as the train conductor through it and it's a video game Oh, God. That is one of the most simultaneously grisly and beautiful bits of imagery that this show has ever done. Especially when it goes into the ramifications of it as well. (laughs) But it's just just the the image of of spinning torso. Screaming. (laughs) It's of blood. Screaming. It's so so good. In space. Just this dismembered thing. And then a religion starts up around it. <laughs> All because of the tickets, please, guy. Um, <laughs> it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and also the the running cum gutters gag. <gasps> God, the whole you mean the you mean the gutters? <laughs> yeah, but it, it's 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 bleeped apart from one. Was it? Did one of them get through? There's one really quick one. I think it might even be in the post th- To be fair, that does it, happen a lot. Because E4, yeah. I watch uh, Robot Chicken a lot on, on uh, More 4. And uh, they censor Robot Chicken's language. But every now and again, like two or three will get through an episode. And you're like, people don't proof watch, do they? People never proof watch. So that's probably what happened with Rick and Morty. They were like, my job here is done. And they missed an ejaculate. With Rick and Morty, I think I it wouldn't surprise me if it was deliberate. It's possible. Yeah. I guess the only way we know is if we manage to get DVD releases over here of the later seasons, but... Yeah. But... Etc. What was your favourite Rick and Morty musical episode? Um... 
<laughs> and I hope they never do a musical episode. Oh now. God, I know, I know. Because again, it was like, what Just is this? Because people ask for is it. Is this yeah. where they're going? And then they make a point of saying that there are multiple musical episodes in multiverses. Like, so we've done, we've done them, we've done them, guys. You just didn't see them. Morty, the musical episode, it's done. I'm a musical episode. A musical episode, Rick. <laughs> there you go. There's the joke, and we did it. And there's no need for them to ever do it now. Nope. Good and it boy. wouldn't surprise me if they don't ever do it. <laughs> Ever again. Wubba The dub. It's just, yeah, it's good. You let them take the time, do what they need to do, don't rush them, it ends up being good. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk Who'd it? Who'd have ruddy thunk? I think we can probably move to that sort of model for for a lot of production stuff going forward. Oh, God. That's I mean, look, I Rick and Morty, um, Westworld... Stuff mm-hmm. that just takes its time and is amazing for it. So, like, just do it. Do it that way. Do it that way. Do it that way. Unless episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I'm going back and watching, having watched a lot of Buffy recently, yeah. having watched a lot of X-Files recently, where it's like 20 plus episode seasons. It's too much. It's too much. But what is actually there, you you ended up having a lot of filler. And it, some of the, yeah in in those in those sort of filler episodes you get some nice character moments, but it's so decompressed that it's just not as compelling. I think a lot of it, especially when I think those one the, those ones probably survived as well as they did at the time they did because of the monster of the week aspect of them. I guess like that might help them yeah, survive. Yeah, that a structure definitely helps, and I think, mm. but it just it doesn't always land. You know, it doesn't always land. What you're saying is, British TV has always been better. Um, no. <laughs> Wait, you guys only have six episodes in a season, uh, series, and yes, yes, we do. Yeah, that's been that's been weird watching Vicar of Dibley again. Yeah, like those tiny, tiny how, seasons. How has that been? It mostly it's been pretty fucking good. <laughs> mostly it's been pretty fucking good, and um. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is sad seeing the uh, the late Emma Chambers just mm, being yeah. fucking wonderful. Just being so, so, so good. Like <laughs> everything, everything that comes out of her mouth is pure gold. Um, and of course, Don French just being Don French. Don French. What, yeah. I, what more can one say? <laughs> When one hires Dawn French, one wants Dawn and French. Then, and one gets it. One gets Dawn the, French. Uh, that ain't no bad thing, Sonny Jim, laddie watched, boy. Watched the episode recently with the Archbishop of Canterbury guests. Yeah. And it's when they get her a chocolate fountain for a 10-year um, anniversary of being the vicar in the village. And Yeah, I'll see you into the specials. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she she put... Bloody this, hell, you've box set well, it. Well, Keeks have been watching it. I've just like kind of been some mostly sort of, but not quite paying attention. Um, but it's, it's the moment where she just puts a whole head into the fountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <clears throat> do you think there's something wrong? Because she gives a drink to, to one of the other characters. Is like, nope, sorry, I've got to happen. You think, is she going to be sick or something? It's like, nope, this has got to, it's too late. This has got to happen. And then just inserts her whole head <laughs> into the fountain. <laughs> Only for the Archbishop of Canterbury to come through the door. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then she's on her knees covered in chocolate. And it's just like, oh, this is silly. This is silly, but it's quite good. Someone woke up and went, this needs to be a thing. I'm going yeah. to make this a thing. And conceived it and wrote just, it and got it commissioned. <laughs> it's just nonsense. Well, it's Richard Curtis, isn't it? Of course, yeah. So, God, I forgot about that. Well, there we go. It's Richard Curtis and his chocolate obsession. Lots and lots of silly nonsense. Um, lots of lots of lovey-dovey stuff, but played incredibly well. Uh, so if you're into yeah. the later stuff, has Richard Armitage rocked up? Yeah, I think that was the last one I saw, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't catch the whole episode, but yeah, him, him turning up was the last one I saw. Um, it was around the same time he was uh, in. He was in Robin Hood, wasn't he? He was Guy of Gisborne. Oh God, he was Jesus. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> is, that, is that Robin oh. Hood? Oh, oh God! Oh God! <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't realize you were going to recreate Keith Allen's performance as the Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, Robin Hood wasn't terrible. It's just the best TV adaptation had been made twenty years prior and made Marion and her Merry Men. So I'm sorry. The the mid two thousands BBC Robin Hood was pure <laughs> pure dog shit. And anyone who says otherwise is fucking wrong. I'm gonna keep my tiny pie hole tiny. I will take the entirety of Merlin over one episode of Robin Hood. Them's fighting words. What about Atla- will... what about Atlantis? Uh, well, I bought Charlie's in Atlantis, so I watched some Atlantis. Yeah, but how much Atlantis was he in? Enough for you to like decide that you'd rather. Wa- oh, there you go. So, did you stick with it after that, or did you move on with your life? Also, Mark Addy's in Atlantis. Right, but Imagine that by that by the same logic, Peter Capaldi was in the Three Musketeers, so that doesn't work, does it? Oh, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. Who played him in the second season? I have no idea. Did it got, it? did it get a second season? I think so. Oh God! Actually, I d- you know, I don't know because <laughs> I don't he, know if it did. He was recording for that first series right up until the the next Doctor TV live thing. Where they yeah. where they announced him because everyone was he was in the running a little bit. People were like, oh, do you think he's going to bring that mustache and that beard with him? And then of course mm. he showed up on that clean shave, and it was like, oh bloody hell! And the, the speculation at that point was, well, he's not going to be doing another Musketeers, but I'm pretty sure they did another season, just not with him. Um, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. That happens, I wasn't paying it any attention, so. You mean you weren't watching the BBC One television series Spectacular: The Three Musketeers? I'd been burnt before. By some of that by, shit. So. By Atlantis <laughs> and Robin Hood. <laughs> at least, hey, at least neither of them were demons. Remember oh, demons? Christ. <laughs> You'd forgotten demons. No, I hadn't. I remember it very well. It's repressed. That's it. why I'm. That's why I'm depressed. The thing is, I've, I'm. Things like that, like sort of urban fantasy, like stuff. I I love the. I love the idea of it, but in execution, certainly on television, it's nearly always been shit. I see. Uh, uh, yeah, like what about urban urban fantasy horror? Like, because things like Being Human always rubbed me the right way. Yeah, like, I, I really liked Being Human. I watched bits of Being Human. It didn't never grabbed me, but I didn't hate it by any means. But demons. I didn't. I didn't fall in love with it. But demons was. Ooh, ooh, ugh, ugh. 
Um, you mean you don't want to watch me? You don't want to watch Mackenzie Crook playing like a, a a Birdman scabby creature thing every week? Or bird person? Well, Philip Glenster basically plays. Um, uh, oh, 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 I'm having a moment. Life on Mars. Ashes to ashes. That guy, but with an American accent, with oh, a bad American accent. Gene Hunt. Oh, I would have hurt myself if I never got that right. I would have actually put my hand in a stapler or something and twisted. Um, Junt. American Junt. Junt. Oh, no. Gunt. 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 Oh, enough of that. Enough of that. Let's All do right. some emails. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to choke on my own vomit if we have to talk about demons anymore oh um, there's some breaking news i forgot to tell you though um or before this i just just to see if there's anything we had missed uh, this oh, week no. just in case I, I went on to total film uh which oh, is a uk film no. magazine for those who don't know uh and I, I just had a little look just to see you're uh, gonna say something anything. and i'm gonna hate it aren't i did you know they found this week they found this this week no they did didn't. you know there was an earlier version of Batman v Superman that was much darker that's been revealed. And I was like, what? Like, darker as in is visu- it visually they- or... Go on. Is it the one where they punch for a bit? Yes. <laughs> they, one, report- the they reported on this like it was new. An early <laughs> 2000s Batman v Superman yep. script, which involves yep. Batman married, happy, the Joker, long yep. thought dead... Has uh, Batman's wife poisoned? And Batman... But I thought you said he was dead. Yeah, and Batman's that Joker's still alive, and he goes to kill him. And Superman has to start him, and Batman has, they, and they fight each other. And la, la. Oh, basically, no. one that's been talked about for years, and at least five years ago, got talked about a lot when Batman v yeah. Superman was announced. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, including, of course, the wonderfully animated version put out on the Mister Sunday Movies channel. Of them it's discussing very, the plot. Very funny. Very funny. <laughs> but I thought you were dead. You said he was dead. <laughs> and then they punch for a bit. Um, like, it, Total Film reported that this week. Like they had just unearthed Atlantis. Not the TV series. Like oh, they God. had just, they had they had chosen wisely and brought the grail back Honor, to the Total the Film offices. Yeah. I'm happy to report, folks, that Total Film's website is still garbage um it is i i used to work at a radio station where we did the movie show on saturdays and we used it sort of as like our shorthand let's find out what the headlines are and every time i'd read the article i'd be like okay aside from the facts of the story here let's not bring up anything else they bring up because it's useless information but mostly their opinion pieces were always awful and there's one writer who worked on it uh, who left Total Film about five years ago and moved to comic book, uh, comicbookmovie.com. Yeah. Uh, and he still writes dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that site is also one that gets like, you know, thousands of pounds worth of ad revenue and click, yeah, torrent, yeah, click, yeah, click yeah, yeah. through a day. So people will read literal dog shit. And there we go. So Yeah, it's true. Spe- Speaking of reading dog shit, your emails. Let's see what you've sent in. <laughs> We've got. Oh, I've not, not seen them. I'm, I'm being. I'm being purely hubris. I expect that you're all wonderful people. Who's the first one from? Um, we've got a couple that I've not because we had one from last week that I didn't get to, plus another one for this week from uh, from Sam. No, awful person. Reg- awful person. Awful person. 
become a regular emailer. Uh, <laughs> Sam or Doctor Who guy. Trust me, Sam. You are not uh, distinguishing yourself by <laughs> describing yourself as Doctor Who guy. We're all Doctor Who guys here. Um, <laughs> but the f- I'm Doctor Who guy, and so's my wife. Yes. Well, yeah, actually, she is. I can't suppose. Um, <laughs> first one. First one is uh, titled "The Moon Base." Oof. Um and. So remember, Sam's last email was asking for recommendations of which, like cherry picking which um, classic, classic Drew. Who DVDs to get first. Yeah. <clears throat> so we got hello. Since my last email, I have got the first, second Doctor DVD. I got the Moonbase. It was not that good, <laughs> but I love the music for the Cybermen. I got the beginning box set in 2013 on an Earthly Child, and it was so bad. I love the Daleks and the Edge of Destruction. Well, you've given me good advice for who? Goodbye. <laughs> I love the most so recommend- some recommendations. He's like, no, these are crap, but thank you all the same. <laughs> also, we didn't recommend the Moonbase. We recommended Tomb of the Cybermen, but yeah. take what you can get, I suppose. Take what um, you can get and give nothing back. <laughs> and then... And then again, I, I still I still propose it that the first episode of An Earthly Child is one of the finest twenty five minute episodes of TV ever made. I it's don't the, it's the following wrong. it's the following three parts that let it down tremendously. They're not great, but they're not awful. Like, oh, really? I, they could be, it could be two episodes long, but it could also be the Keys of Marinus. You know what I mean? I like the Keys of Marinus. Everyone goes off on their own little journey. There's killer plants and Vaud with their flippers on. And Billy gets two weeks off and there's a trial. Ian gets framed for murder, Matt. He gets framed for murder. Oh, yeah, you know, Keys of Marinus is good, isn't it? Yeah. God damn it. (laughs) It could be worse. It could be Planet of the Giants. It could... No, come on. That is fun. It's Doctor Who does The Borrowers. It's adorable. It's not, it could it's be not worse. Good. It could be the Marco Polo reconstruction. <laughs> Specifically the opening and ending. It could be worse. It could be... <laughs> it could be the web planet. <gasps> yep, okay, I'll agree. I'm sorry, I'm just slightly distracted because Keeks has put something on E4 and it's got... an. It was clearly filmed in the Frog and Bucket, and it's got the lass from class in it. Oh. The musician lass who, who she... plays the violin and, and beds the footballer. Oh, what, the 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 <clears throat> the fourteen year old character who's in college and they just sort of stick no, around the fact no, she's no, 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 not her, the other one. Uh the tall ladies in the Diet Coke commercials. Yeah. 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 That one. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it's I don't just, remember the, the 14-year-old sleeping with anyone in class, but the, no, way the, series, no, no, no. the way the series sets up in Ep 1 that she's super young and has been moved up to college because people do that, apparently. And, yeah, it doesn't happen. Doesn't and, happen then, and then forget about that after the first episode because she's just one of the group. It's like, doesn't what is happen, this? mate. Ugh. Anyway, second email from Sam. Sam says, sorry, how we- dare you recommend me class? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I saw that class is coming off Netflix and iPlayer. And um, people were upset about it on Twitter. And I was reading people being upset about it on Twitter and going, why? <laughs> why are you upset about this? Buy it. If you're really upset, buy it. It's one season. There is a DVD. Buy it. And with um, it no, the, the more appropriate thing to say is, you're, if you're really upset, why? Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like watching the doctor talk to a student covered in blood. This is great television. <laughs> 
<laughs> holding his like, holding his own leg, if I remember correctly. I can't. I can't do this right now. Um, next one from Sam comes in. Um, says, hello, you two. Hello, Sam. It's me again, the Doctor Who guy. Everyone's a Doctor Who guy here, Sam. Um, be, be a Blake Seven lady. Be a Blake Seven. <laughs> be a Survivors guy. Yeah. What was the one, what was the one from the nineties with humans and aliens living together on the planet? It was about society getting used to them all living together. There was a film as well. But the Al- series was different. Alien Nation. Alien Nation. Be an alien nation, dude. <laughs> there has to be one. Be a <laughs> Earth final conflict, dude. <laughs> uh be- Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict. Be a Stargate Universe, bro. Someone has to remember that show. Be a Lex, lad. <laughs> Be a Hex, lad. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, today's question is, what is your favourite Doctor Who episode from Classic and New Who? My favourite classic episode is Three Doctors and the Daleks and the Edge of Destruction. And for New Who, well, it's got to be Aliens of London and World War Three. Love to hear your picks from Sam. Sam those are or some Doctor Who guy. No, Alien Nation Stan. Um, <laughs> those are some refreshingly odd choices in there. Like We've Aliens of in- London World War Three is never normally one people say. Oh, that's my favourite. I'm quite actually delighted to hear that that's someone's favourite. We've done entire episodes on this, haven't we? We have. I mean, I suppose, yeah, things changed. Other episodes have come out since. We could blur it out quickie. What's your Nothing favorite what's your favorite changed. classic story? Pyramids not of count, Mars. Not counting the TV movie, what's your favorite classic story? Pyramids of Mars. What's your favorite new series story? Uh, Impossible Planet slash the Satan Pit. What's your favorite Paul McGann TV movie called the TV movie? Night of the Doctor. Okay. <laughs> okay then. Uh, <laughs> what is your favourite episode of the late two thousands uh, BBC adventure serial Robin Hood? <laughs> the one where Keith Allen goes. Um, my my my, my favourite classic story so far, even during this big rewatch we're doing, still hasn't shifted so far. Is City of Death. Yeah, see, that's pretty, pretty great. My favorite modern series story to this day is still Bad Wolf slash Parting of the Ways, and my favorite Paul McGann the TV movie is Paul McGann the TV movie. <laughs> um, very good, very good. Yeah, I always Paul McGann the TV movie for the occasion. Ah, uh, I always Paul McGann the TV movie for the Paul McGann. The Bruce, TV please. The Paul McGann TV movie. <laughs> I See, always... It kiss as good as me, kisses as well as Paul McGann the TV movie. Kisses right, okay. as well as me. These shoes! They Paul McGann the TV movie perfectly. <laughs> Next one comes in from <laughs> our friend Harry Draper. Hey, Harry! Harry <sighs> Draper is an imbecile! Says, I'm going hi. <laughs> hi, Chris. Hey, Harry. And, and Matt. 
Hey, Harry. Oh, 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 that's some bad hat, Harry. I hope you two are keeping <laughs> well during this. It's about cats. <laughs> <laughs> hope you two keep. What, what are we doing? I don't know. What's happening? I don't know. I don't know. It's I, about I hope, cats. Hope you two are keeping well during this strange time. Thanks to Chris for keeping us entertained with the Twitch streams. Particularly enjoying Return to Arkham as I'm playing the Rocksteady trilogy for the very first time. Are you alright? No, really not. <laughs> oh god just beaten Bane the scarecrow sequences in the morgue with the body's bags had me palpitating and suffice to say when I enter Killer Croc's dwellings oh, thank god. I shall need to be wearing brown blood caked trousers good lord are you planning to shot all over your cargo schwartz as it is a big influence upon the first installment of the trilogy and you two are bat veterans. <laughs> Any specific thoughts and feelings about Grant Morrison's graphic novel, A Serious House on Serious Earth? Does it appeal to you as a gothic chamber piece of the mind? Or leave you <laughs> feeling colder than Mr. Freeze's loins? No pressure for the most in-depth review on the spot, by the way. All the very best. Stay safe and be merry. Harry, Thomas Wayne is alive, Draper. I feel like we've transitioned into a new era, because <laughs> that, that was a new voice for emails, and I, I, I hope that Harry is, is going to be embodied in this way going forward. Serious House. Time Memoriam. On, on Serious Earth. House on Serious Earth. How, how do you feel about a Serious House on Serious Earth? Grant Morrison and Sam Keith? Dave McKean. Dave McKean? Dave McKean. Dave McKean? Yeah. Because it's all like painted in collage art and stuff. I, for the life of me, thought it was it was something Keith because there's a book called Through the Looking Glass that's done in the same style. But now... It, it is a bit Sam Keith in the more drawn aspects of it. Right, but, that's why I'm getting confused. Okay, there we but go. It, it's a lot of mixed media <clears throat> and collage stuff with yeah. very abstract figures, which is Dave McKean's sort of stock in trade. He did all the covers for the Neil Gaiman Sandman run, mm. stuff like that. Um, yeah. Did, some, did, did um, a Punch and Judy book with Neil Gaiman, I think. Oh! What is the weird fascination with... Uh, golden age villains Punch and Judy not that Punch and Judy <laughs> um, the, the the classic Punch and Judy uh, did it am I making that up I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> I Mr. like Pun- Mr. I, Punch I like Arkham Asylum A Serious House and Serious Earth I think the best thing about it is the Amadeus Arkham story with with mad dog and everything like that yeah, is the most fascinating yeah. aspect and, and that is that's the one direct inspiration that I th- I think the that, rocksteady uh, yeah. game takes yeah i think it, <clears throat> i think that probably became the sort of the accepted background for arkham asylum after that point hmm. 
<clears throat> pardon me. Uh, and I think what I like so much about Serious House on Serious Earth is that it is so. Again, like we're talking about Dave McKean's artwork, it is so abstracted and mm. just. It is like a dream. It's like a bad dream. Yeah. A nightmare almost, and it it's so there is there's some stuff that doesn't entirely work, like with the um, the elemental sort of themes of yeah some um, of the characters, like Maxi Zeus being a lightning elemental doesn't quite work for me. But no. for the most Clay, part, Clayface very... representing STDs and just withering yeah. away is like uh, That's odd. why? Like why? What is that going to do with anything? But other stuff works quite well. Yeah, like um, and also Harvey, that, Harvey, for example, like yeah. stuff with two faces, fascinating. Yeah, um, and like the trying to trying to wean him off onto more sort of ways of making decisions that give him greater, Choice. but then just end up paralyzing yeah. him more. Yeah, um, and the Joker, the 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 uh, the cross dressing, like kind of he's oh. putting on a show for Batman, like very. It's sort of the first openly flirty take on their relationship since other writers have delved into that more like scott snyder in particular loves having the joker refer to batman exclusively as darling yeah my love and things like that but in this book it's the first time they go for it and the joker essentially sort of looks like frank enferter in in halloween makeup Hmm. and it's a really good look but with this demonic face like this long face um, that's a good yeah. look. I quite like Batman. He looks as abstract and surreal as the rest of the book does, with his massive bloody ears and the the curling sort of design on his shoulders and everything. He, look, like, he looks like a shadow. Yeah, he yeah, looks like a shadow, and it's it's a hell of a look. It's visually stunning. I like the idea of the inmates taking over the asylum and not being outwardly hostile. There's no desire to escape. They're just like, nope there's something you need to do so come on in and do it and it's like okay yeah it doesn't seem like there's been organization it's not like they've all rallied together to do this it just kind of happens for them and that's you know it's interesting it's a a standout book for a reason i think mostly because of the visuals but it's you know before that they hadn't really comic book definition of you know, of madness, the idea of like people who've fallen beyond help and reason and who are basically, you know, trickster gods like on Earth that the the Batman canon is. They hadn't really delved into all that that much before that, other than people like at the end being in a cell going like, You can't do this to me, Batman! No Whereas this is like, yeah, here's individual psychologies and psychoses broken down and personified and the artwork's gonna reflect it. So Yeah. In you go, Batman. Like, go confront Go confront what's happening. Go talk to Jeremiah. Stuff is happening, and it's it's you know, it's cool. I like it a lot. It's not one I revisit often because it's like you put it down, and you go, Jesus Christ. But I I would go so far as to say, as it as it, as it pertains to sort of, um, like defining the character, mm. that it's pretty essential reading to yeah. understand the sort of. The be- the the the, be- the aspects of the best version of that character, yeah, and the yeah. supporting characters, you know, um, I would go so far as to say that anyway. So that's because Grant Morrison. That's because Grant Morrison sneaks you magic mushrooms on the day. Oh, I do love Grant Morrison. Well, 
Not always, but most of the time. I like him. And I, the writing of his that really hits the bullseye for me makes me go, yes, this is excellent. Have you, have you read We Three? I've not, no. Oh, you really need to read We Three. Vertigo? Uh, I think so. Let me double check. I'll look. I'll 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 keep an eye out for it. We three. It was um. We like three kings of Oriental. No, no, not them. It was him and uh. Yeah, it was Vertigo, two thousand and four. Yeah. Um. Uh. Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly. Oh, I love Frank Quietly's artwork. Of course, because they mm. teamed up on um All Star Superman. And New X Men. Yes. Oh God, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Frank Quietly's artwork is gorgeous. It is. Well, it's also ugly, but that's why it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's not samey. It's not samey no, like everyone else's. No, absolutely it, it, not. In, in the way, in the way that it took me, it took me about a decade to like it, but in the way that John Romita Jr.'s art started to be after he stopped emulating his father's kind of style, the style he grew up learning, it became yeah. like it became like oh oh what is that? And then ten yeah, years later, I really. And then ten years later, it's like, oh, that's some of the most interesting artwork in the industry right now. Yeah, like, like your um, your composition and direction for these scenes is brilliantly handled. Well done, John. Straczynski era Spider Man, I think, is <gasps> is the high point of John Romita's out uh, John Romita Junior's artwork because just because mm. of the 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 angles of the figures and the the, oh, the sort yeah. of motion and texture of the pencil lines, I think it's really, really something. The fight with um, Morland. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think he's ever quite <clears throat> been as good since he worked on Straczynski Spider Man. Like I, I, don't him, I don't know. I like, don't know. He did issue um, six hundred uh, during the the Brain Trust run, and that's pretty like fucking gorgeous mm. to look at. And and it, I I didn't hate his work on Superman. Like it, it, his Superman body type was very yeah. different to what you'd imagine Superman to be, but. In terms of how dynamic it was and how it told the story through the visuals, it definitely looked really bloody good. I don't think I loved it, but yeah, okay, okay. I can, I'll revisit, I'll revisit some latter day John Romita Junior. because I think I, <laughs> I feel like he peaked with, um, with just Krasinski Spider Man. Next week's episode. Hey Matt, how have you been this week? It's terrible. His Superman art is terrible. <laughs> I've been, <clears throat> I've been reading John Romita Junior. for. I reread Kickass and now I want to burn my eyes out. <laughs> oh, actually, I don't. I do not hate his art in Kickass. I don't hate his art in Kickass. It, it, I just it, don't like it's the as it's as uncomfortable as a lot of those scenes need it to be. Like yeah. the, the, the interrogation scene toward the end of the first one is like really upsetting to look at. No, I think um, I think he's I, I think his art's good. I just don't like the writing. Fair enough. And the same is with there, that, like. There, are there any Mark Millar books that you that you do like like? Because we've, we've talked about this before on the podcast, so those don't know, like Mark Millar, I think we both think he is talented, but is also weirdly bitter and, haha, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if this happened and really well, cruel? There's still a fair bit of his like mainstream superhero stuff that I've not read, so I can't really judge. Um, I have, you, have you read Marvel don't... 1985? No, I've not read 1985. That one's pretty good. Um, I hear that's that, yeah, pretty I've good. Heard... I've heard you say that's pretty good. I, it, it's, I, it's, a, it's an 80s family-friendly horror film. Not horror film. Dark, dark fantasy like The Goonies, Never Ending yeah, Story. Yeah. It's it's that, basically. It's it's a, it's like an 80s kids film that's really uncomfortable and will traumatise a generation about a kid who starts to suddenly spot... He just one day like spots the lizard. And he's like, <laughs> the hell? 
and and these characters from the comics start appearing in his local town and there's a reason for it happening and it's it's just like oh okay it's pretty good but it's it's one of the few instances of his work where i think you feel the love for the genre driving the story yeah because usually it just feels like he hates it yeah it's gone it's gone from mocking to to tearing it instead yeah i think i think the first volume of ultimates has aged fairly well i think that still holds up oh kill freddie prince jr (laughs) well um maybe not that (laughs) it's still got some it's still got some of the sort of more uncomfortable aspects of mark millar like his Sort of, he's his, got some weird sexual hangups. His take, his take on Hank and Janet's love life. And, yeah, and personal life he's, is, he's, is he's got some odd stuff going on. It was also kind of the, um, it was also kind of the proponent of, oh, Hank Pym, he's a wife beater, right? Like, like solidifying people's belief that that's that's the character. Like, yeah, you know that. Yeah, the, the stories of Hank and Janet's relationship in the six one six universe is rocky and based on who's writing it and the time that the book came out was sort of like oh that's a bit oh that's some good why did they think that was a good idea and then mark miller like in ultimates is like yep yeah, hank abuses her and he's violent toward her and that kind of made everyone go yeah ant-man's a wife beater and that was sort of the thing no wonder marvel put a heavy focus in introducing scott lang and stuff they wanted to be like right no 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 yeah, we want to yeah. do stuff with ant-man but we need everyone to stop making those bloody jokes and references, and we need to do this, and we need to move on. It's like, oh god. Also, um, I'd argue Scott Lang's a more interesting character than Hank Pym is, to be honest. Like the last thing those the movies needed was another super genius hero. Oh, for the like, films, absolutely, team. yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Scott Lang was the best choice. Um, but and, and I prefer, I like the way that the films touch on Hank being temperamental and having a, a, a problem with aggression. Instead of being like, and he also hit his wife. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, this yeah. is a temperamental yeah, individual. Yeah. We're going to bring that to it, but we're also going to remember why he was a hero and why people used to like the character in the first place, and also make that his 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 driving force, not the Mark Miller's reminded as all he wants slap Janet thing. Um, so yeah, I don't hate Kickass. I'm not huge on Kickass Two. I prefer I the I, I prefer the film adaptation of Kickass Two because it neuters a lot of what Kickass Two the book does. I kind of hate Kickass to the point where I just didn't bother reading Kickass Two. Fair like, enough. I recommend Kickass Three. That book is really good. Like it's proper sort of. If you like, if you like Batman, I most wonderfully coincidentally, um, it's the ultimate sort of like teen superheroes take down the mob storyline that's what number three is because mm. it's in the Come. wake of the super criminal nonsense of number two the mob basically come back in force and in the city and it's like right are we done have you all finished playing dress up <laughs> okay and they set up shop in a way that's just sort of like oh oh this is scarier than anything that's happened in the last two like this actually feels scary but it also isn't a superhero book anymore it's very much a vigilante book do you know what i mean yeah i can but see that it, it treats it more as yeah, we've we've had fun mocking the genre. Now we're going to tell a story where Dave and and um, Hit Girl have to basically deal with this shit and put a button in it once and for all before going underground and calling this a day. Okay. I've not read I've not okay. read the follow up series because Kickass has had a follow up series, hasn't it? I've not read that. I think I think it's a proper ongoing now. Yeah, because it's a it's a, a ladies and it's a, a single mom. She's masquerading yeah. as Kickass. Yeah, night. yeah. And there's been a Hit Girl ongoing, which I think tells stories of her. 
from the period between two and three because there is a book about that but then they because the, they've done different stories I don't know I can't recall um also I like mm. Mar- I like Mark Millar's Marvel Knight Spider-Man run that 12 issue sort of event yeah I hear, I've heard you say that's good <clears throat> I should probably pretty, try that down at some point but it's mostly because Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson's artwork as well is stunning too oh yeah Dodson's artwork is it's, it's on point it's, it's like 12, it's like 12 issues and I think 10 of them are illustrated by Terry and, Ra- and coloured by Rachel and uh, two of them are drawn and coloured by Frank Cho and the whole, the whole book just has this good it, Frank Cho doing um, Venom like doing the the, the 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 second Venom I can see the appeal just I big, definitely see the appeal. bulky realistic proportion with those little tiny red eyes and the shark mouth and uh, he, he draws one of my favourite shots in all of Spider-Man of anything I've ever read. In that story, minor spoiler alert for a comic book uh, arc, everyone, that's about 20 years old nearly. Um, so Eddie Brock sees the light. He becomes a born-again Christian, no, Catholic, and um, is like, I need to repent for my sins, but I also need to pay for my treatment so that I can go around and do the things that I need to do before I go. So he auctions the Venom symbiote off at um a supervillain auction. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah, because yeah. essentially he's he's paid for it ahead of time. He's given a lump sum and then it's auctioned off. And the symbiote is okay leaving him because he separates from it just enough that his body starts to die, the cancer comes back. And and his body starts to die and the symbiote's like, "Oh no, we don't want you. Oh no, we don't want you anymore. No. Like this is a this is a sinking ship." And it leaves him be. So it gets auctioned off and this mobster um buys it for his son who he wants to be like part of the family properly he yeah he really yeah. kind of hasn't he buys it for him and he's like you're gonna make a name for yourself like you're gonna get out if you're not gonna run this i'm gonna convince you that it's something you'll want to do one day i want you to get out there and see some action the way i did like to get to where i am today and we're gonna get you something that's gonna make you stand out so he buys the venom the venom symbiote at auction and the first thing that him and the venom symbiote do is they go like Oh my god, right, so I guess this is what I am now. Um, wait, what's that? You want to kill Peter Parker? Okay, let's go. <laughs> so it smashes in on Peter's high school reunion. Um, yeah. And is just like openly gunning for Peter Parker in public. So he's like, the f- um, okay. And he gets the hell out of there. And this is when Frank Cho takes over for an issue. But the, they have a fight and it, 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 it two issues. Because they have this fight, and there's some Spider-Man impersonators at this point, because people are trying to get reward for a for a like a picture of in some context or whatever. So he, um, you see, the end of the first issue, he leaps upon the roof, and you, Peter would run off at this point. And he was like, "I need to get out of here. I need to get changed, like so I can do this properly." Like, who the hell is this kid driving Venom? Like, what is going on? And Venom <laughs> leaps up to the roof where Spider-Man's there, and he punches him right through the back, and his fist comes out of his front, and that's the end of the issue. And you're like, "What the hell just happened?" Start the next issue. Start the next issue. The guy who was taking a photo of his mate posing as Spider-Man for the photo was screaming in terror as Venom just pulls back and he's like, "Wait, what do you mean that wasn't?" Him? Like he's talking to himself. He's like, "What the hell do you mean that wasn't him? I punched Spider-Man." And Venom, of course, is like, "It's not him. It doesn't smell like him. Like, what the hell is wrong with you?" Spider-Man comes in. Good, good. The fight carries on, but at the very end, and uh, he's called Angelo. The guy, he legs it. He starts to run. Mm-hmm. And he's leaping across buildings because, of course, it's in Queens. It's not like in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to run away. And Venom just keeps basically railing on him. And eventually he says, do you know what, Angelou? This just isn't going to work. It's Believe me, it's 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 not me. It is you. Um, you just don't have the Venom. 
and it leaves him as they're leaping between buildings. <laughs> and it's just one of my favourite moments of, oh, that's a unique way of using that character's power set as part of your story. Because, of course, the symbiote carries the leap and Angelo yeah. just holds there for just a second and then plummets to his death. And it's like, oh, my God. And then eventually latches onto the mysterious stranger that's been calling Peter, which turns out to be Matt Gargan, which begins the whole Sinister Spider-Man um, yep. story arc. Yep. Well, so, yeah, well, eventually leads to Sinister Spider-Man, yeah, because it was years and years before that. But Well, yeah, because it was a good uh, couple of years. Yeah, because after that, Venom doesn't really appear in uh, Spider-Man uh, like at all after that because he moves over to Thunderbolts. Yeah, I think the next time you see him in Spider-Man is in New Ways to Die, isn't it? Yeah, which I recently reread. <laughs> that's that's good John Romita art as well, actually. Oh, yeah, John Romita did come back for that, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, very good, very, I'm good, very I'm, good. I'm up, I'm up to uh, I'm up to Return of the Black Cat. I've just finished Red-Headed Stranger, and I'm, I'm on Return of the Black Cat now. I'm ploughing through the, two, uh, the 2000s, early 2010s stuff at the minute. What yeah, it's pretty... That? It's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff to just sort of ah uh, yes 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 sort of breeze through because it's it's just so. I think compelling. my ne- I think my next one's the gauntlet. I think the gauntlet kicks off next. Oh, gauntlet is good. Yeah, gauntlet yeah. is good. Oof. So, what was the question? Uh, <laughs> Arkham Asylum. Yeah, we like it. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, where was I? Was there another email? Oh God! Yes, there was another email. <laughs> there was another email. Um, We've lost him, boys and girls. It is. Speak to me. <laughs> it is. Um, this one comes from Rebecca. Rebecca, um, hello. Says, uh, nice and nice and short to the point. She says, "Hey, <laughs> hey, Miles Morales That's style. It. Just hey, just hey." Um, <laughs> If you could design your perfect TV show, what would it be? Are there specific people you would like to be in it? Thanks, and really enjoying the podcast. Thanks, Rebecca. Um, that is a big open question. If we could it's design... a big open question. Uh, Alright, in that case, Fantasy Island style. If you could just, like, commission something now. So not necessarily you're running it, but you've, like, commissioned it. So it could be a returning show. Could be just a sort of combo you want to see. Could just be a vehicle for someone you want to see more on TV. What would it be? Um, I mean, selfishly, my immediate one would be someone give me a sketch show, please. That'd be great. Thanks. Hi. Hi, everyone. Give me a sketch show. You cowards. Um, similarly, I want <laughs> I want Robot Wars to be brought back again. But this time, have it hosted by a very drunk Brian Blessed. <laughs> you telling me you wouldn't watch that? Because that would be just like that one shaped like a spinning disc. He's cutting him in half. <laughs> Another. <laughs> um. How's it bloody moving? I'm sure I bought one of those for my nephew for Christmas. Um. You know. Just yeah, saying. Okay. Okay. Just saying. Um, I would... <gasps> or Brian Blessed hosts Song of Praise. Songs of Praise. That'll do. This one's about Jesus Christ. Sounds like a stalwart fellow. I. He was in Rick and Morty. Squadron I Forty. Would... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry if I woke my have wife you... up. I'll have to have say you... sorry afterwards. Have you finished? Can I talk now? 
Ask Brian, don't ask me. Have 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 you finished? Brian, so- have you finished? Sorry! <laughs> okay. Okay. I would adapt um Charles Stross's series The Laundry Files, which is about the um arm of British intelligence that deals with extra um extra normal and demonic threats. Okay. Um because it turns out that that magic is just really, really advanced maths. <clears throat> and what's right. what's what's better at doing really advanced maths than computers? Yeah. Um and this is a universe in which Lovecraftian horrors are real beyond you just have to know the right equations to bring them out, and that's why Alan Turing was killed. Um <laughs> Is this a comic book series or a book series? It's a novel series. Novel series. Um yeah. and I would have Arthur Darville as <clears throat> your main character, Bob Howard, computational demonologist. Okay. Um, and Karen Gillan as Mo, his his future wife at the start of the series. Uh, they get married later on. Um, she's a, she's a, um, is she a physicist or a quantum physicist? Who gets dragged into everything in the first book. Um, and then they, they get together. She Eventually she learns to play a demon killing violin. Um, I'm not making this up. Uh, <laughs> he fights demons with his iPhone. Um, HBO series, I'm assuming. You just you just pick up a someone in. Just it, um, think of it like Spooks. Okay. Meets Torchwood with actual Spooks. Okay. Give it to HBO, because then you get, like, a good concentrated eight episodes once every two yeah. years, and it'll look really good. Eight episodes is more than enough to adapt to one of the, one of the books. Like, more than enough. Like, the, the same way that uh, Amazon adapted Good Omens. Like, straight yeah. to the point, six episodes, does its job. Bosh. Because it's, to- it's kind of tongue-in-cheek. Each of the, the, the books sort of start off pastiche in different spy genres. So, like, the first one is, a, is like, um... A Len Dayton style pastiche, and then the next one is uh, a bit more Ian Fleming gear. Yeah. And then uh, there's one there's one later on which sort of parodies the Modesty Blaze stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and things like that. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 somewhat tongue in cheek and also horrifying. So I'd I'd do something like that. On TV, I'd again bring that sort of urban. Do a do 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 a good urban fantasy TV show. That's what I'd like to do. If I could adapt, if I could commission anything, that's what I'd adapt for television. That's what I'd do. <laughs> but who does Brian Blessed play in it? I'd find somewhere for Brian Blessed. <clears throat> what part in the show? <laughs> give me, give me GCPD. But just do GCPD. Yeah, what Gotham should have been. What 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 they said Gotham was, and then they were like, "Oh, now it's a prequel, and it's about when Batman was a boy and Gordon." And you're like, "Okay, do GCPD. Just tell a cop procedural police show about the people who work in one specific specific like borough of Gotham and the sort of shit they have to deal with with these with the we got we got a version of it. It's called Luther." Mm. Like, Luther is basically GCPD. Like, the bad guys in Luther are Batman-level nutjobs. 
Mm. And Luther is if Batman was drunk and just punched things, and that was the be all and end all. Like, give us Luther, and then it means that you know, you see, like, don't go overboard on the comic book villains, and maybe use the book GCPD as the basis. It doesn't go overboard on its comic book villains. They appear very rarely, and when they do, it's used really effectively. Like the time when the like was it the first sort of arc ends when the Joker like just walks in to the GCP priest and they're like, what the hell? And he just puts his arms out and he's like, uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to be arrested now, please. Bring me in. And they're like, what? What is this? The fuck is this? <laughs> and they get to the point where they do and they get him into an interview room and they're like, why did you do that? And he's like, I've, I've committed a crime. I'd like to tell you all about it. And then he goes on to explain what he has done, what he's set up, and why he's here. And he's real. You realize by the end of it that he's basically here because it's the, it's the first place he's able to hide in the immediate like, future, from everybody, so that the plan can go ahead and Batman and Co have to deal with all that stuff elsewhere. But of course the GCPD, but of course the GCPD have the Joker in their precinct. They're like, what the hell do we do? Because <laughs> like they want us to get out and help, but the moment like your top people leave the station, like. What's he gonna do? It's 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 proper sort of like oh okay. There's a, there's a storyline between um, Montoya and uh, and Harvey Dent, Two Face, um, following on from the fact they briefly had chemistry in a book, and and he's sort of still clinging to the idea of right, come on, like come with me. I need someone to talk to, and you and I really got on. We had that date, and she's like, yeah, we had a date before yeah. you scarred yourself and become a psych, became a psycho. No, I'm not interested. Like I, you are wanted for like fifty things, and you know, so you can do you can do Batman villain stuff, but a lot of it's just dealing with like those Luther level, you know, um, murderers and and you know arsonists and really intricate um, thieves and like with you know proper plans and everything. Where you go, okay, yeah, how how do what happens when you are a police department in a city full of super criminals? How do you deal with it? That could be fun. That's what Gotham said it was going to be, and then it kind of wasn't that. Yeah, I think that disappointed everyone. I don't know. I've been chatting to a lot of fans of it on stream recently. People really liked it, but they really liked it because it was their first exposure to the world of Batman. And as a result, they've now started checking out other stuff. I'm like, if that's what it's done, then if that's its legacy, awesome. Because, you know... There are better villains than Fish Mooney, kids. Just saying. Right, I need to go and vomit now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, after all this talk of demons and Atlantis and Robin Gotham, Hood. I need to go and... Oh, oh, oh God, I'm feeling sick. Um, <laughs> I've got the virus. I've got the shit TV virus. Um, let's... <laughs> Another streaming service. God. I will bid you all a very fond farewell, and we will, pardon me, we will uh, reconvene in, yes. say, a week's time and do this again, not do this nonsense again. So if you uh, do want to contribute to the show with a with a question or a comment or a bizarre observation, then please, um, at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, BigDamnContact at gmail.com. And of course, come back here and listen to the goddamn show. Twitch.tv forward slash big damn stream for some streams, mostly with Chris, sometimes with me. 
and uh, stay safe, wash your hands, don't listen to Boris Johnson, he's a cunt, uh, he's talking nonsense, <laughs> and I'll see you, we'll see you again someday, probably, I, oh god, what is it, what about Primeval? Right, bye. <clears throat>